0: Every Sunday's Easter for us, right? I mean, empty grave, uh, Jesus is alive, transforming our lives. And so uh, a joy every time I get to be here with my church family, and I look forward to the weekend. I I just can't wait for the weekend to gather so we can be here uh, together. So uh, we're in this thing called Boundless, and and Boundless is a two-year initiative for us Uh, where we're we're expanding our footprint, we're making room for more folks uh, to to come and hear the gospel, uh, to take part in the mission of what we're doing here. We're remodeling spaces for our kids and we're extending what we do in the area of missions over this two-year time frame, a half million dollars going out and just going to missionaries and church plants and all kinds of different things that the Lord is doing. And so uh, it's halftime for us. We're in this two-year initiative. We're at the one-year mark and so we're calling it halftime and uh, I want to talk about this idea of you getting in the game. I want you to get in the game. Anybody in here play sports in high school, or maybe you're playing sports right now, uh, sports players? Uh, if you were like me, I-, I don't know if you ever had to ride the pine, sit the bench, it'd be a bench warmer. But in those moments where I had to sit uh, on the sidelines, man, I, just, I tried to get as close to the coach as I could, like sit next to the coach, make eye contact if I can, bump into him from time to time like, hey, I'm here, please coach, put me into the game. And now I think that there were people on the team They didn't mind riding the pine. I didn't understand. They would sit on the far end of the bench. Uh, In football, they would hide behind the bigger guys, like, don't put me in. I'm like, what are you doing here? I mean, let's play. Let's get involved. And I think that God is looking at your life and my life, and he's saying, I want you to get in the game. I want you to get involved in what I'm doing in the kingdom. So to get in the game. And when I think about Brookville Road Community Church, we've put together some pretty incredible seasons. I mean, this church began in the early 80s. Um, In the early 80s, a group of people from Community Church of Greenwood, we're a daughter church of Community Church of Greenwood, they were on east side of Indy, they decided, let's start a church. And so they started meeting in just a small rented storefront in the area of Pleasant View. And so just shortly thereafter, they hired this guy named uh, Pastor Hubert Nolan, and so Pastor Hubert came, and the the church uh, grew, and the mission grew, and in a step of faith, they bought 5 acres of land right here along highway 52. And in September of 1988, they broke ground for their first worship facility, which is the dome. Now anybody in the room uh, here during the '80s during, during that period, you remember Pastor Huber's mustache? Okay. All right. All right, look at these folks. I mean look, can you raise your hands again? Can we just recognize these individuals? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. man. What a blessing. I mean, when we think about some heroes, some people who went before us in faith and just consistency, thank you. Look at all the changes that they have witnessed. So they get into the dome, and then in the 90s, there's a revival that breaks out, and lives are being changed. People gave their life to Jesus Christ, and that momentum continued, and the vision grew. And in a step of faith and obedience, those individuals just kind of stretched themselves and then sacrifice they put this gym up in 2004. And since this gym has gone up, uh, people are looking around like this is a gym, it's a gym. If we turn the lights on, you would recognize that we've been hiding the fact that it's a gym all these years, all right? But it, uh, the lives were changed in here and the mission continued to grow and it's just a fantastic thing that that group of people did. So were you here when, when you moved from the dome and you came down into this room, if you'd raise your hand, all right? Let's thank God for that team of people that God put together. A lot of faith and obedience and so how did that happen how does all of that occur? well it happens when god taps a group of believers on the shoulder and he says i want you to get in the game and so these individuals they took their skills their talents their abilities and they got onto the field with god became part of god's team the local church and made a difference and ever since the very beginning we've had a very simple game plan and the game plan is this To inspire people to become wholehearted followers of Jesus. People who love God, who love the church, and love the world. And you might say, well, did you just kind of grab those statements out of the sky? No, it comes from the Bible. uh, from, From the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and surely, behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is the Great Commission, and that's where we get that statement to inspire people to become wholehearted followers of Jesus. Wholehearted followers are disciples, and so we're disciples who are making disciples, and we said we want to love God, Matthew 22, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, so we love God. Then we wanna love the church, and Jesus said this in John 15, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. We love God, we love the church, and we're called to love the world around us. Jesus said this, John 17, he's talking to his heavenly Father, he says, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them. Into the world. That's our game plan. Really, really simple. Inspire people to become wholehearted followers of Jesus who love God, who love the church, and love the world. So that's what we're doing. And so I I kind of look at, you know, the people that God has gathered right now in this season as part of the team that He is assembling and calling out to us to take part in what He is doing right now. And right now, in, in the life of our country, I mean, we, we are seeing some just fantastic things happening economically. I mean, there's more millionaires walking around than ever before. Uh, I don't know if you've checked out your, your retirement plan, your 401Ks, your 403Bs, all the numbers you got going on. If you've looked, those numbers have been going up if you've opened up those statements. If they've gone down, get a new investment uh, strategist for you because everything's kind of like up and to the right. And so the, the big American dream is, hey, let's just like, make a stack of cash and then retire, maybe get a place at the mountains or at the beach and just kind of kick back and coast and ride the pine. And one might think you could kind of take that mindset and then apply it to the local church. And you can look at Brookville Road Community Church and and you could say, hey, y'all, you made it, right? I mean, you, you have filled up this room a couple of times and you got money in the bank and you kept stacking in more cash every month You've, you've made it, right? You've arrived, just ride the pine, coast, go through the motions, y'all can kick back and work on your spiritual tan. Y'all can just kind of like chill. But that's not scriptural. That's not what the Bible tells us to do. In God's kingdom, there's this, never this moment where we just kind of begin to spectate or ride the pine and go through the motions. We're never called to do that, not when you've got thousands of people around you, hundreds of thousands of people around you who don't know Jesus yet. And so the call is always to the body of Christ to get in the game, to get involved in the activity of God's kingdom, to continue to learn, to continue to grow, to continue to reach out to other people around you. But all too often, what happens in local churches, uh, they, they start looking like a, a social club. They start looking inward. They start looking at themselves. They say, well, let's just make this about us. We kind of got this holy huddle. We like one another, otherwise we want to be here. We, we love each other. Let's make this little click that we've got going on right here, and let's do that for a long, long time. And in some sense, uh, in, in churches where that's happening, it's kind of nice I mean, you know what to expect. Uh, Your songs are going to be sung, and and you know the people who are going to be there, and it's really comfortable, Uh, but, you know, you get get in, you just kind of get in that rhythm, and nothing really changes, and you're not pushed, you're not challenged. It's a whole lot easier for the pastors. I mean, as a pastor, that would be great. Sit on the end, we'll ride the pine, we'll just kind of coast and go through the motions. I'll sleep better at night, there won't be any stress, not a lot of issues that are going on. Now, the Bible says, yeah, we're to huddle up. Yeah, we get together in in big groups and we get together in small groups, but we're never to stay in the huddle. We're to always break out of that huddle and get involved in the game, to get involved in the kingdom of God. I know life's not a game. What I'm saying is take part in the activity of what God is doing, of spreading the good news of His gospel everywhere you go, not to just simply you know, huddle up together and have a holy huddle, but get outside of that huddle and begin to show the love of Jesus Christ, display the love of Jesus to the world, and tell them the good news of who he is. But what happens too often in, in churches, they, they begin to kind of center on themselves. People get into church, and it's really kind of comfortable to move down the bench and just be a bench warmer, maybe a spectator. People get into church and pray a prayer, and figure they're saved, and they just kind of kick back and watch. I mean, they like the team. They want the team to do well. They watch the coach, and they watch the players, and they're like, good luck. <laughs> go get them. I'll go after them. Work harder, because I do want to be a part of a winning team. I just don't want to be involved. I, I just want to spectate and watch and sit back and coast and ride the pine. So, Generally, in that kind of environment, you'll have people that have this mindset of, "Okay, you, you, I'm going to come, and you need to feed me. Give me, give me my nourishment. You give me my stuff." And they'll go through the motions. I, like I, I took the classes: 101, 201, 301, 401. Check. Now I'm spiritually mature because I went through all the classes, and now I have more head knowledge. But just having head knowledge that doesn't mean that there's spiritual maturity. Th- think about your kids. When your kids are little, they're selfish. They're all about themselves. I'm not dogging on your kids. We were all that way. We just thought about us. But as you grow, as you mature, you start thinking about others more. That's maturity. Uh, in, in my marriage, our marriage, uh, I'm married to Tammy. We've been married 28 years now. And our marriage is at its best when, when I'm not thinking about Chris's needs, but when I'm thinking about whose needs? Tammy's needs. That's when our marriage is at its best. Uh, if you're, you're planning a family vacation, You don't just plan the family vacation around you and what you want, you think about the family. What will our family enjoy? And so it's the same kind of thing in the local church. As we plan ministry, as we think about who we're reaching, who we're loving, who we're serving, it's not just for the family that's here now, it's for the family who is yet to come As well, we want to think about others, to to love on those who haven't shown up yet. Imagine, you know, the handful of people that got together in Pleasant View in that storefront if they had said, Well, let's just, we got a good thing going on here. We'd like one another. Let's just keep huddling up like this and coast and take it easy and not reach out. If that had happened, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have seen so many seasons of the work of God transforming and changing lives, not only here in this community, but around the world. Jesus Christ has always been about building his bride, the body of Christ. In fact, Jesus said this to Peter. You've heard this before. Jesus said in Matthew 16, he says, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And what's happening at Community Church now, over three decades, almost entering our fourth decade, I believe that God is allowing us to build his church one life at a time, one soul at a time, as many lives and souls as he will allow us to take part in. And so at Brookville Road Community Church, uh, we, we make um, no, no mistake about we want to let people know about Jesus Christ We want others to hear the gospel. We want them to know Jesus personally. And so around here, we try to keep the fires of the gospel white hot. We try to keep those things that are essential among the body of Christ at the very forefront rather than us arguing about a whole bunch of other little things that don't matter. We want to lean into those most important things and keep pursuing Christ and watching him change lives and then watching those changed lives change lives. That's what we desire to see. That's what we long to have happen. We wanna take people who don't have any game and get them in the game. People that don't have direction in their life to help them find direction in the life of Christ. But in order for that to happen, we have to keep the fires of the gospel white hot around here for that to happen because spiritual maturity is never just something where we simply soak and have selfishness and spectate. It is that thing where we get outside of ourselves and we love on people who have not yet heard the good news of Jesus. And so over the past couple months, we spent a good amount of time in this series called Who's Your One? And we encourage people to, to be praying for somebody in your life who doesn't know Jesus yet. to to encourage you to take part and get in the game and share the gospel with others. We looked at radical words by Jesus where Jesus says in Matthew chapter four, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He looks at his disciples, he says, I want you to be my disciples and then I want you to go out and to disciple others. I want you to be fishers of men. And what we have at this church is unique. We have a number of people in this room who have a fisher of men mentality. That they, they look beyond themselves, they look beyond just, you know, focus on me, and they begin to fish for men. Now, I have an illustration that I want to share with you today, a little bit corny, pretty basic, but, but I, I, I want to show this to you. I'm going to invite some friends to come out uh, at this point. Uh, the, these are, are now my friends. Um, they're fish, they're goldfish, fish are friends and not food, especially these, that would be disgusting. Thank you, perfect, thank you. All right, yes. Uh, these fish are also a miracle. Uh, man, I was praying hard that they would be alive when they came out, and so uh, they're alive, that's a blessing, uh, they're all swimming the right direction here. Uh, uh, as opposed to what the lady at PetSmart thought would happen, I-, I think I'm gonna go back this afternoon and let her know. I said, how many fish can live in, in a f- how many goldfish can live in a fishbowl? She looked at me and she said, zero. And I'm like, wait. I can do this, and so uh, she didn't think that they would last this long, and so praise God, here they are. Now, uh, here, here's, here's the illustration. We're to have a fisher of men mentality in the local church, but all too often in the local church, what you have are keepers of the aquarium. You have people who are just simply interested in their little thing their little aquarium just the people that you have inside that one spot and we kind of just focus on us like you know do do my thing and they begin to forget about the world around them. The church begins to forget about people that are dying and going to hell. And we just start thinking about, well, this is our aquarium, and I want the aquarium to look a particular way, focus on me, sing my songs, do my things. You, you do all this for me. So, you know, we're worried about our aquarium. We'll shine it up. We don't want others in here. They could mess it up, stink it up, and things get a little dirty at that point. So let's just try to keep it as nice as possible, get a little bling, found a little treasure chest. Excuse me, guys, pardon me. Yeah, let's, let's just make our aquarium, beautiful for us, right? And if you have an aquarium-minded individual, again, it is, hey, uh, I can't feed myself, you feed me. Come on, feed me. Uh, You're not doing it right, I want you to focus on me because all the attention is on us. And we want, in our little aquarium, other people who look like us and think like us and heaven forbid, we should get others in here to mess all that up. Like, let's not get some crazy kind of clownfish up in here because we want to look alike. No little clownfish with one fin, right? right? We just wanna make sure we're all good. Because you start introducing others in here, it gets a little bit awkward. So we have an aquarium mind. Now let's say we take our our aquarium and we're going to take this and we're going to move it to a beach near the ocean. I don't care what ocean you, you picture in your mind. You can go to the Atlantic Ocean if you like today and go down to Florida, which would be a nice place to be today. So you could be on the Atlantic side, you could be on the Gulf side. Uh, you maybe you wanna to go to the West Coast where, where I just came from not long ago and uh, you'd like to place this on the beach at La Jolla. Anybody been to La Jolla before? Hello. Okay, so like nice place. We put our aquarium on the beach and we're looking at the aquarium, just the aquarium, and we're going, wow. Look at our aquarium. Meanwhile, the ocean is behind us, but I'm not really interested in the ocean. Look, have you seen our aquarium? Have you seen how beautiful it is? Have you seen us? Please focus on our aquarium. We're not concerned about the billions and billions of other fish outside of our aquarium because this is about us. Meanwhile, there's a sick fish over there, there's a dying fish over there, there's a shark after one of the fish, but I'm not interested in catching those because we have our holy huddle. We have our little thing Right here, we have an aquarium mindset. And let's not mess this up. And I think we're full enough. We've gone as far as we can. We'll put a little sign on the outside of our aquarium that says, no vacancy, we're full, enough is enough. An aquarium mind where you begin to forget others around you. And the other thing about fishing, it's messy, I don't know if you've ever fished before, but it's messy. And it's a lot of hard work, and it's challenging. And that's why I think it's so easy for leaders, for churches, to turn inward and just focus on themselves. Because they could care less about the hard work that it takes to love on others who are hurting and broken and to invite them into the aquarium and mess things up. But I know one thing in the amount of time that the Lord has allowed me to be a part of his kingdom, there is nothing more joyful than seeing freshly redeemed souls just kind of poured into what God is doing in the world. I wouldn't want to do anything else. So uh, that's kind of the aquarium idea here. I'll, I'll invite the fish to go back because, I don't know, I don't think I can hold the stage with uh, the fish up here. So uh, we'll, we'll let them go to the background. And uh, uh, by the way, if I happen to forget, if you know of any homes that would like to adopt some fish uh, after the service, come and see me. It's free, uh, but if you, you, any moms and dads know kids that would like that. So uh, we'll give those away. Let's shift gears here a little bit. Let, let's talk about our church and, and the future of BRCC. The, the thing that Jesus has been about doing, and it's quite obvious, like you can look through history and see this, ever since Jesus' death and burial, resurrection, and then his ascension into heaven where he is right now, until one day his glorious return for his bride, his church, he has been all about building the church, building local churches, bodies of And I don't think that there's really anything better to give our time and our resources and our efforts and our energy to than that entity to which Jesus said, I'm willing to die for it. Like, I will give my life for my bride. I will give it up. Now, I know I'm biased because I'm a pastor, but I mean, what else would we want to do with our lives than tell people how they can move from this life, which is temporary, to a life with Jesus, which is eternal, And so we can never, ever become lax in that. We can never, ever get to this point where it's just like, uh, we don't want to do that and just be real casual, and even casual about the fact that he's called a group of people here to make that happen. We can't ever say, well, no, this, what happens at BRCC happens everywhere. No, it doesn't. This is a rare kind of thing that we are experiencing as a body of Christ, and we can't be lax about it or take it for granted. And if we're gonna be God's church, Because God hasn't said, y'all are done, like you filled up your building and you got money in the bank, everybody just kind of quit and ride the pine and coast. If we're going to be an ocean-minded church, if we're going to continue to seek to be outside of ourselves, then we must move forward. And so the call that we've heard from the Holy Spirit as leaders, elders, pastors, is that it's time to build and to expand that footprint. Because there is this thing that happens within our church where we reach this lid and then it We don't go any further than that, and we believe one of those issues is the space. It's kind of like, how much can the aquarium hold? And will we be willing to say, well, the aquarium's a certain size, we're done, we're full, we can't move forward any longer. Now, now let me also say, like that whole aquarium thing, like shine it up, make it pretty, put things, get get some bling in there. If you think that we're putting up a new building, a new sanctuary for us, you're mistaken. (laughs) It's not for us. It's for those who aren't here yet. Just like the people who were faithful before us at a storefront in a dome thought about you. If you think of, it's about brick and mortar, mm-mm. it's about souls. It's, it's about the body of Christ being built together. Whether there's a building there or not, we are called to be built together with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone and built on him. We're expanding the footprint. One of the things that I noted uh, when I first got connected with this church back in 2010, uh, you, you guys adopted me. You adopted me quickly, and you sent me and a friend out to California to plant a church. You barely knew me. We had hardly dated, and yet you're like, and so you wrapped your arms around us and you sent us. And I'm like, wow, that's a group of people who haven't built a monument, they're building a movement. And that's what we wanna be a part of. Not just simply, hey, let's build a bigger monument. No, let's, let's build a movement. And so you sent me out. And then when I came back, I'm like, this is what I wanna be a part of. A group of people that don't look inward, they begin to look outward because left to ourselves, that's what we do. We just turn inward because we're sinful individuals. But you kept looking outward. And one of the things that I noted was our outreach was outpacing our seating capacity. Like what we would do for outreach every single year, tick, 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 higher, higher, higher. And yet our seating capacity would hit this lid every single time. Hit the lid, shrink back down, hit the lid, shrink back down. But the outreach, well, let's just keep giving. Let's just keep giving. And we would keep giving and things would kind of fall apart around here. Have you been down to the Dome? I mean... Peeling walls, you know, water coming in, unsafe. Well, how'd that happen? Because we're generous. Let's not keep it to ourselves. Let's keep moving and keep giving to others. What needed to happen was that our capacity to be able to invite other people to receive Jesus Christ, to get into the game, and then to participate in what he's doing around the world was now at this moment where we needed to make a decision. And what we have in front of us is just a beautiful opportunity to expand our seating capacity, to invite more people to receive Jesus Christ, to get involved in the game, to get involved in the kingdom of God, and tick, 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 watch the boundless opportunities that are in front of us as we begin to say, God, use us. And if that's going to happen, it's going to take faith and it's going to take sacrifice from this team. It's going to have to be a God deal. And I've seen lots of God deals around here. One of the God deals that I saw over this last year, which blew me away, we, we prayed, we think, okay, God's asking us to kind of expand, we're gonna finally put up the permanent sanctuary and not just meet in the gym and add more seats, and I came forward in January and said, we're gonna do this thing and we're gonna build. Uh, we don't have the land. We prayed for more acres, five acres, for over 25 years, but we take the step of faith and we say, we believe God's calling us to build, and as soon as we did that, the people who owned the land to the West said, oh yeah, you can buy that. And praise God. Praise the Lord. That was miraculous. That's his movement. That's him. That's a God deal. You can thank God. I look at the God deals that God has done where uh, there'd be these seasons in the life of the church where somebody would be called out of the church to go plant a church. And Pastor Hubert at the time would say, Who wants to go? it's time to go, right? Go with them. I, I've seen people who've, who've had good leaders within the church. Uh, Mo Wildy, who was on the elder board, we send him out and he plants Yeshua Society in there. They meet downtown in Indianapolis and he's got a thing going on in Southern California now. We send out, you know, one of our staffers, uh, Greg Rubel goes out and he plants Living Streams Community Church and we invite people to take off with Greg and do that. you got to talk to Greg sometime about Living Streams and all of the God deals that they've been experiencing. Shelbyville Community Church, Brandywine Community Church. We have churches in in India. Uh, Talked to Pastor McQuan in the last service. When they went to India this last time, 60 individuals gave their life to Jesus Christ in India. Thank you, God. So churches in India, we have churches in Brazil, more churches in Brazil that are going up, and their last evangelistic, they call it Impactu, their last evangelistic crusade, 120 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. Again, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Friends, this is what happens when we get in the game and we get involved and not just simply sit back and spectate and say, well, it would be nice if God would do something in Brazil. How about we do something in Brazil? It's amazing. There are ministers and missionaries that are raising up out of this place. There's more, in fact, in here right now that are going to be sent out. They're going out now and they're making a difference in the world. The last two weeks, God deal, there's something happening in the realm that we don't get to see, but every now and then we get glimpses of because it impacts individuals, the Holy Spirit's moving and touching lives. I got a text from somebody a couple weeks ago. He said, I I led a young man, a young family man to to Christ. Help me with some next steps here. What, What do we do? Like, yeah, let's do this. This is fantastic. There are spouses right now that wives and husbands have been praying for, and their spouse's heart is becoming tender and opening up to God and to that relationship. God is on the move. That is what happens when we get involved and we seek the Spirit of God to move and do his deal a handful of people in a small rented storefront said we've got a dream and we have a vision and what happened as a result is just boundless activity by God a handful of people what happens when a thousand people say yep use us too We're on your team. There is more time on the clock, friends. Jesus has not returned. He can come back at any point. But until then, you and I, more time on the clock. Let's get near the coach. Let's look him in the eyes and say, Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. God, use me. In order for that to happen, we've got to be involved, we have got to get in the game. And we have the capacity right now, all the stuff that we have in front of us, millions of dollars, the resources to meet all of those needs, they're here. We, we have all of the money that's needed for that. That's not a problem. The challenge is always, will we be willing to respond? And so we're just gonna invite you to, to pray, to listen to God, and respond. To pray, to listen, to respond. And so over the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna be challenging you to get into the game not just simply with your resources, but with your life, that you would get involved in the kingdom of God, that you would pursue him, that you would speak to him. You see, the the New Testament doesn't have any language for people who would come to church and just simply spectate. They're not talked about. It's always assumed that those who truly receive Jesus Christ get involved with what he's doing. So we're asking you to ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And I know one of the things that God would would tell you to do, and it's always his will, he would continue to encourage you to pray for your neighbor. To pray for your loved ones, for your friends, for your, your schoolmates, those individuals who don't yet know Christ. That you would pray for opportunities to build relationships with them. That you would look for opportunities to give a verbal witness to what Christ has done in your life. That you would share with others. That you would continue to hold the rope in prayer. We'll talk more about that later. That you would hold the rope in prayer for your one, for the individuals around you who don't yet know Jesus Christ. If left to our own friends, what we will do is we will turn inward and we will think about ourselves. But God is looking for local bodies of Christ just like this one who will continue to step up to the plate and say, God, we want to be involved in your kingdom. Put us in. We're ready to be your people in this season. And so we're going to challenge you once again when it comes to committing to him. On February 29th and March 1st, we're going to turn commitment cards in. Some of you may have already picked these up. If you didn't, uh, you can pick one up as, as you go. And we just want you to pray over what will happen then on the weekend of March 1st. And so there's several different options here. So, so when you see these cards, one, the first part up top says, I'm new to Boundless. Some of you, you've, you've come over this last year. You weren't here when we, when we did the whole big push to be involved in a two-year initiative. And so we want to give you the opportunity to join us to take part in what God is doing. And so we would encourage you to to pray about a 12-month commitment because we're at the halfway point. And then you just write down whatever the Lord has led you and your family to do over that year. And, And you don't have to give a special gift or offering to the building and something to missions. It's all one fund. It's all part of the same thing. Whenever you return to the Lord, all of that goes to accomplish our mission and vision of boundless. And so that's one option. Down below that you have, I'm already committed to boundless. So that's for those of us who've already gone through this process. And you got a couple options there. Uh, My two-year commitment is, and you can fill that in. And if you don't know, you can ask the treasurer. She'll remind you. Um, At the midpoint of boundless, I would like to confirm my commitment to finish strong. So we prayed about it. We believe we heard from God uh, last year. And we believe that God is going to see us through. And by faith, we trust that He'll, he's going to meet all that need. And now the next box says, uh, I'd like to increase my two-year commitment. And you can fill that in. And so some of you, uh, you get to this, this halfway point and you're done. Like you already finished your commitment. And so we just want to challenge you and say, God, thank you. Thank you for blessing me in such a way that I'm already finished. Is there anything further that you want me to do? And just pray about that kind of thing and to keep pushing forward in faith. Now. A couple of questions I know that I'll receive. One's gonna be, do I have to turn a commitment card in if I already did one last year? And the answer there is yes. We want everybody to turn a card in. And the reason for that, when we get together on March 1st, I don't want just people who've been here for, for a year or less to be walking up here by themselves and we're like, hey, there's some new people. I want us to all take part in, in that step of faith, that step of commitment, and so we'll all come forward and drop those cards off, and we're praying about how to make that a special moment for us on March 1st, don't, don't miss that. Then I, I think, I'm not sure, I, think, I, I thought it, um, you, I see, Chris, uh, you've put down here, I would like to increase uh, my amount for boundless, pretty sly of you, Chris, what if I want to decrease the amount that I give to boundless, can I do that? Yes, you can. Uh, we're not mafia run around here. So, I mean, just, you know, something may have happened. I mean, you may have lost your job. Some, something could have happened. You know, medical bills came in unexpectedly. We get it. We understand. And in fact, just, just communicate. And I don't know what anybody gives. So, so if something happens in your life, I'm not watching that kind of trend financially for you. Like if your heart begins to separate from, from this church, it's going to show up with what you do financially. Maybe I've said something or did something, or somebody else did. I I won't know to disciple you in that area unless you come and talk to me. And so the only person who really sees it is our treasurer. But if something like that's happened, just just communicate. Uh, I'm 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 not able to do what I committed before. This is what I believe God's calling us to do, and just communicate that we understand. There's another side to this, and it's the gift chart. It's a two-year gift chart, and basically you'd be looking at the column that's in gray because we have one year left of uh, this boundless initiative. And when you look at that, that center column, your eyes are gonna be drawn uh, to a place of comfort. I mean, your eyes may be drawn to the place of, what? <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> but generally, your eyes are gonna go to a place of, ah, yes, we can do that. But I want you to pray, not just that your eyes will go to a place of comfort, but that your eyes would go to a place of faith. That your eyes would take you to a place that stretches your faith and your trust in your heavenly Father. And just pray about that. Again, it's pray, listen, and respond. I'm not filling your card out. I'm, I'm, I don't know what you're going to give. That's between you and the Lord. What I want is for you to be a wholehearted follower of Jesus, to be a disciple. And that, that doesn't mean that we just spectate all of our lives. We jump in. And I realize that there's some folks in the room, all this stuff is new to you, you know, you're, you're, you're confused about some of this stuff, and you're thinking, "I'm man, that guy's asking for money and I'm not there at that point. Okay, I get it, I, I understand. But for those of you that would say this is your church home, and there's something that has warmed my heart to Christ in this place and these people and the mission and vision of where this place is going, we wanna give you the opportunity to step into something beautiful to be able to be on God's team in such a way that we look back and we say, man, only God could accomplish something like that. I don't want you to rely on what got you to this place spiritually. I want you to trust God for your future as well, that you'd be willing to say, I wanna team up with that entity, the local church that Jesus deems so worthy that he gave his very life. I want to be involved in that. Let's pray. Lord. I realize that once we start moving in this direction of talking about money, that's the moment that you kind of start poking on our heart and things get a little tense. We're not quite sure of the, the pastor's motives or the church's motives. But I pray that all of that would fall by the wayside and what we would do is we would truly see you and what you are calling us to do individually that what happens in our spiritual life would be true and faithful, that you'd be transforming us from the inside out, that our motives for the church as leaders and then as those who take part would be aligned with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for moving in our direction, giving us life. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for rising from the dead. Thank you for building your church Thank you for the opportunity of all those seasons, individuals, people who've been a part of Brookville Road Community Church to step up and to keep moving the dream and the vision forward and for all that you have done. And God, for all that you will do, thank you. Thank you. Be glorified in us. Be glorified in this place for your namesake. Amen, amen. Once again, thanks for listening.